Okay, so think we're here with Scrumble co-founder Eric. Uh, Eric, thanks for joining us today. Hey, how's it going? Great, great. Thanks for coming um, on for this interview. So initially, I came upon uh, Scrumble Network. I saw uh, you guys pop up, and I was doing some ICO research looking for an interesting project, and Scrumble Network showed up. And then I did a video review, and I kind of like the idea, like what you guys were trying to build. And then I actually, I think I contacted you, or or you contacted me, and then we and then I suggested that we do an interview. So long story short, it's glad to, uh, I'm happy to have you here. And uh, yeah, yeah, awesome. Okay. So, um, before we just before we start, just want to do a quick financial disclaimer. This is not financial advice in any way, shape, or form. I'm not a financial advisor. Eric is not a financial advisor. So please do your own research. Investing in cryptocurrencies can be incredibly risky. You can lose most or all of your money. Seriously, guys, um, we're just having a chat here, not financial advice. And um, yeah, that's it. So uh, right now we can start. Right now you're in Toronto, Canada, right? Toronto, Canada, yes. Oh, OK, cool, cool. I'm right now I'm in Israel, so I know we had a bit of a time, a hard time scheduling at the time. I was trying to compare it and stuff. But uh, yeah, so Eric, just please tell me and please tell the audience who's never heard that. What is Scrumble Network? What are you guys trying to do? Yeah, so Scrumble Network is a really exciting project. It's um, you know the first really like communication-centric, um, secure blockchain, um, and you know we kind of uh, really saw a need for more uh, secure communication. Um, and you know we all know blockchain is really changing the world. Um, there was a crazy statistic that, uh, according to Deloitte. 10% of the global GDP is going to be on blockchain by 2025. Um, so that's a lot of conversations and working around cryptocurrency and different blockchain uh, related stuff. The problem is, is how do you, you know, securely communicate about these things? And we look at the current solutions that are available uh, and you look at things like, um, you know, centralized applications like Facebook, WhatsApp, Telegram, or WeChat, and all of these things have a centralized server. Uh, you don't own your own data, so they're all companies, and you know they're centralized, and you know they're not secure. Uh, and you know you're looking at a not global situation where they can be blocked or hacked or manipulated in different ways. And we look at you know the importance of kind of being able to have secure, unguarded conversations with people, especially in the cryptocurrency world. Uh, and right now, it's just not there. Um, you know, you've, I'm sure you've heard about Facebook's recent uh, data uh, issue. <laughs> it's a little bit of a rough time for, for Mr. Zuckerberg, but I think over 86 accounts have been compromised. 86, 86 million accounts have been compromised. Uh, 15 million accounts have been hacked on Telegram. And I heard somewhere that even a bunch more now are recently hacked. And all the data from uh, the phone, the phone numbers were also released. So you know, people who wanted to have really secure uh, situations, and and in some ways, some some countries, there's regulations where you can or can't do certain things with ICOs or cryptocurrency, and that puts people at serious risk if they really want to have secure conversations. So uh, this market is pretty massive. Um, the global market for communications in general is about five trillion dollars. Um, if you look at the cost of data breaches, it's about $2 trillion, and the cost spent on data security is about $96 billion. 
and it's growing at a rate of 8% a year. So this is a really significant, uh, important place, and it couldn't be more important and, and you know relevant than with the recent Facebook stuff happening. Um, so with all of that said, we created Scrumble Network. Scrumble Network is, is a blockchain, uh, and it's, it's really uh, all, uh, you know, marries the, the importance of communication and blockchain security. And the way it works is we have a three-step uh, flow. The first step is a authentication on the blockchain, and we're really about like uh, getting the um, you know a secure uh, uh, key that only let's say you and I have access to, and it's different than other centralized applications like Telegram, for example, where you need to provide your phone number or you need to provide in some other cases let's say an email address or a government ID, um, and you know. I still know who you are. It's very easy for me to figure out what your phone. If I know your phone number, I know who you are. It's very easy. So, um, you know, in this situation, if we if we actually have, um, you know, uh, uh, the registration based off of your public key, uh, your your address, let's say, and uh, and my and my public key and address, we create a secret key. That secret key um, is a secure thing that only you and I have access to. And we go into a uh, secure socket layer, peer-to-peer -peer communication experience. And that goes into like a rich media, um, you know, layer as well. And, um, you know, of communication, real-time voice, video messaging, in-app cryptocurrency payments. And it's really quite an innovation in that people expect a certain level of consumer-grade experience, um, you know, like a WeChat or WhatsApp, uh, that kind of stuff. And people want, you know, really the best of the best right off the bat. So uh, with, our, with our authentication layer, our goal is to get to six seconds or less on the consensus algorithm. And that means that you'll be able to have a secure, super conversation with someone, but be able to connect at a really mainstream level of six seconds or less. So if, if I'm going to do a, uh, you know, a financial transaction with you and I'm going to send you some ethers and, you know, you're okay to wait for like a minute or two, it's fine. But if I'm wanting to call you right now, it better be like six or 10 seconds or less. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of the background. We announced this project um, about three or four weeks ago, actually, uh, to the public. And the response has been overwhelming and incredible. We've now got, um, you know, uh, 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 our hard cap was 20,000 ethers. We've sold already 12,000 ethers already. And we're going to be doing our public sale likely at the end of April. Um, we're targeting April 28th, uh, and for that, we've got um, you know some of the top advisors and investors already in the project. Uh, we've got Anthony Diorio, who co-founded Ethereum, Jackson Decentral as an advisor. We've got um, Jeff Pulver, who's at Vonage, pretty famous communication company, um, professor of University of Toronto, and a ton more of like really oh CTO of Aon. Um, so really like a pretty strong uh, list uh, in addition to already eight venture capital funds, eight VCs um, have come in, in addition to some really strong like existing blockchain companies and infrastructures have personally invested. Um, so, you know, we're really building a strong community. We now have, uh, you know, over 47,000 people on our Telegram group. Uh, and, um, you know, we're really here to change, change the world. In that, we are delivering the first community-owned um, uh, communication network. 
So that's kind of the background on Scrumble Network. Okay, wow, that was a really good explanation. I can see that you've done this a lot of times, so thank you for doing it one more time. Okay, I see. That's actually really interesting because I remember two months ago before the scandal with Facebook happened, I kind of was just looking at my messages on Facebook and I didn't have anything specific, but I just knew there was so much data on me there that I just wanted to take it off. So it was actually a very interesting experience how emotionally hard it is to take all your data and then just like having to start over, so I downloaded it and I was like, wow, that's so much information about me. And then I opened a new Facebook account. So now I was like, okay, at least I have a reset and just some peace of mind. And then the entire thing with Facebook happened, the entire scandal. So I was like, oh, wow, like this actually has a base. And I was thinking about it right now, if you're in China and you want to talk to someone and you don't want anyone to hear you online, I really don't know of many uh, decentralized solutions as well. I mean, even Telegram, like you said, what I saw it was blocked in some countries. And then, um, yeah, so this is really amazing. So before before blockchain technology, this was kind of impossible, right? Nobody knew how to do it. And this is kind of like the wave that you guys are jumping on, right? Exactly right. And one of the things that makes us different than any other things out there, or most things, is that we actually have a real company behind this. Um, our company is a pretty renowned uh, company in the communication space, the communication industry. We have a team of 40 people, 30 global patents, and um, you know, real technology. We have 27 developers on the team, and you know, it's it's not like it's not bluffing. It's not like you know, an idea that you know, someone kind of saw our project once and they said, you know, this is kind of like an ICO 2.0. In that, you know, you know, a lot of these things as as cool ideas is great. But you know you need to be able to execute. You need to be able to bring like real value to the table because the speed at which these things need to be delivered is is crucial to maintain the the value of the token. So that's kind of the core elements that we're that you know we have advantages. We also, as I said, we have thirty global patents, and you know some of our technology and our security layers and the way that we distribute data and slice it up. This is proprietary stuff. Um, and we've we've granted we're granting the uh, the not for profit foundation um, that's that's managing this project uh, full indefinite license lens, licenses to some of these patents. So it, it's pretty exciting in that sense. Wow. So okay. So that's cool. So from what I understand, you're pretty close to releasing an Android app. If I I saw one of your videos, you mentioned it. So tell me the timeline. If I want to start using Strumble, how you how am I going to start? And then what's your plan? Another question. What's your plan to sort of scale to thousand and then ten thousand and a hundred thousand users on the platform? It's a great question. So we have um, we have the Android uh, application coming out on the twenty fourth of April, um, and it's beta. So. What we want is we want a lot of community involvement. So we want to like listen to people's feedback. We want them to play around with it. Um, it's not going to be um, fully on the blockchain or decentralized in the first version. Um, it's you know I'm I'm putting that out there upfront. Um, we 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 should only be able to have that I'd say by September or October this year. Um, and the real true like big launch is going to be either like December or January of next year. Just to be just to be very frank. Um, but you know, I think it, I think for us to do this really well and right, we need to take all the feedback and like really like fine tune it. Um, and you know, we want to change the world in this situation. So we really want to make sure that, that the experience is like a phenomenal experience. Um, so, so that's kind of the background and, um, we're going to be launching that. We're going to be rolling out the iOS version a few weeks later. And, um, that's, that's pretty much it. 
Okay, see, and what's your plan? Like once you release the app, how are you gonna try to scale it and get uh, users to, to join the app? It's a good question. So we've actually, um, we've actually got some of the top strategic partners in the world already. Um, and uh, for example, we're going to be working with uh, groups like Jax or Decentral or Aon or uh, INS Chain. Um, they've, all, they've all been involved directly with our project. Um, and uh, being able to kind of leverage their user bases. Um, and we create a really interesting SDK, software development kit, that links with their existing blockchain. So any blockchain uh, ecosystem can have communication. And they need, to use, they need to use some of our tokens to do so. But it's something where they, you add a whole new accessible layer to any ecosystem, because that's our core expertise. Um, and so that's one of the core elements. In addition, so that's going to provide like several million users. Number one. Number two is is that we have a lot of really great strategic partnerships, specifically in China and through some of our investors. So um, you know, some of our investors were where they'd make a couple of posts on social media. Um, us getting ten million users um, by early next year is quite reasonable and quite and really like the baseline expectation for where we want to be. So our goal, as I said, by Q1 next year is to have 10 million users, and our goal by September or October this year is to do um, is to get uh, you know uh, two million users. We will also be doing some community incentives. Um, you know, we we recently did a, a pretty successful uh, candy um, you know uh, uh, campaign, and we're going to be doing uh, a little another candy campaign in the future um, for for users for the beta application. Um, to to initiate like the first larger round of people coming to the application and providing feedback. Okay. Wow. Okay. So that's really impressive. Yeah. I remember I was looking, I was researching your project, and it looked like you have a lot of partnerships and stuff. Specifically, um, I saw in China you were kind of trying to penetrate. That seems like a big market. Like when you look at, you know, we're kind of in the West, so we don't really know what it's like to have blocked software and stuff. Like I, for me as a consumer, I don't think I understand. I've never been to China as well. Where things are blocked. So I guess when you when you talk to Chinese investors or the Chinese community, do you feel that there's a lot more need there for this kind of thing? The central. Oh yeah, oh yes. So I'll t I'll give you a few few like interesting stats. Mm -hmm. Um, and anecdotes. First, can you guess how many how many how much percent of the Chinese population uses VPN? Oh man, that's that's hard. I think seventy percent. Well, that's that's a lot. Uh, um, but you know, if you think about you know the value of that, according to a, a group called Statista, they they estimate about twenty nine percent uses VPN of of China. That's a, a lot of people. That's four hundred million people. So um, they they care about their data security and they care about not just being you know blocked of everything and if there was a WeChat-like experience where you could literally do what you wanted and deal with cryptocurrency and stuff like that, which it is regulated there, right? If you could com communicate with how you wanted and you know trade currency as you wish, um, and it can't be blocked by by the firewall of China, that's something that could really pop into a really really big user base, and that's that's one of the reasons why we've been able to get over seventy thousand people. Who've already signed up for the pre-order of the beta app? Wow. Okay. So that's amazing. So with China, wow. Okay. 
That, that's cool. That's really cool. It's exciting to see how this works because um, when I heard about the concept and I, I, I understood on a very high level what you guys were trying to build, I was like, wow, this is really amazing. I think as a society, this is not necessarily related to specifically um, this ICO, but I think as a society, we'll move towards more and more freedom over time. And I think away from governments or specific organizations. And I think that it's cool to see this happen because communication, free private communication is kind of one of the cornerstones of a free society. And exactly. I think, yeah, so I think it can really help. Um, okay, that's cool. And I know you guys have a few uh, competitors, so I, competitors, so I just want to ask what's your unique advantage over them in this space? Kind of try to help me map out where you guys yeah. are compared. Because I, I saw you did some comparison in your white paper, right, to a few different solutions. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just let me know. Sure, I'm happy to walk you through that. So I mean, one, one group, I mean, I'll get it out of the way right off the bat. One group that we are are you know compared to is let's say Telegram, um, and, and we're quite different than Telegram in a few ways. Number one is um, we have our own blockchain, um, and they are they are launching something called TON, but it's mostly financial focused and working with other blockchains versus a more communication centric and secure blockchain. So that's a it's a completely different paradigm. Number one. Number two is. If you go in, if you go to, you know, as you said, in the Western world, people think a certain way. But if you go to Iran, if you go to China, if you go to other countries, um, you know, we have a huge, we actually have a huge following from Indonesia, Malaysia. Um, we look at our data, like it's not just China. There's a lot of countries that have like real like data security issues. Um, Viet, I think I mentioned Vietnam. So, you know, uh, that's a big concern. And when you look at those kind of things, they require um, real security and like access to these kind of things. So that's that's a really crucial uh, you know component. Uh huh. I see. Wow. Okay, that's really cool. So you got that big audience. And yeah, what about I saw you compare other ICOs. Oh, well, I'm actually oh, going back. Sorry, going back to Telegram. So yeah. for for Telegram, um, you know, uh, going back to that, if I go to China and I open up my telegram app doesn't work because it's blocked it's like a oh, huge okay. thing. so what we're what we're talking about is something that's unblockable by firewalls okay that's a completely different value proposition number one number two is we want to support multiple wallets and, ex and exchanges in the application so we're not building our own wallets you want to integrate with others um, and be a true like partner for the community um, so so that's that's very important. Another, another smaller details, we do real-time real voice and video. Um, and the importance of adding the voice, and we're going to add screen sharing as well. So, you know, it's something where it's like a little bit more full-featured in that situation. And the ability to communicate together. In addition, we see this in general as being the place to have to contact and contract. So um, we're going to be implementing very simple smart contracts. Stuff that's not like, you know, super complex and we need 10 developers to figure it out. No, it's something where, hey, I want to, you know, work, work on something with you. I want you to design my website, let's say. And, um, you know, you're going to do X and I'm going to do Y and I'm going to give you an Ether. Okay, sure, let's do that. You know, it's going to be like a very, like, simple and accessible approach because this industry is a baby industry. It's infant. Um, and, you know... For it to become main, mainstream and the you know the potential we know it all can be, like ten percent of the global GDP, 
uh, you need the accessibility and the mainstream adoption. And that's where that comes into play. Okay, I see. Yeah, definitely in the infancy stage. So you say 10% GDP. I saw this. Where are we now? Just out of curiosity, do you have a stat on that? From what I heard, and this this might be like a month or two old, so I, who knows? But um, I think it was like about 500 billion uh, of, of the total value. And the total global GDP, I think, was somewhere between 300 to 500 trillion. Um, and that is depending on how you count it. Like, mortgages, securities, that kind of stuff, but um, in that range, right? So if you think about it, it's still a baby industry. Like it's, it's nothing. It's, 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 the, it's like, I think it's less than the value of Apple, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, yeah, it's pretty small. So huge, huge growth opportunities. Like I am quite bullish on the whole cryptocurrency market. Um, and it's not just the financial side of it, right? It's about the real life, everyday accessible stuff. Uh -huh, right. So everybody, I think a lot of ICLs right now, they are the cryptocurrency project. They focus on the finance area, like you said, and then you guys kind of come in and try to take on the communication space. Okay. I see. That's really cool. Now, another question I wanted to ask, this is from an investor point of view. When, when I invest, we like to see projects that kind of try to be decentralized in the sense that they don't own most of the percentage of the tokens. So we like to see, you know, when a project has like 80% when they give it a at an ICO sale. So I wanted to ask if you guys at your token metrics, I saw it's like 26% of the tokens. So I wanted to ask, why not 40, why not 50 or 60? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. So uh, I'll go into a little bit more detail on that. Uh, first of all, the um, we do have we do have some, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, angel investors in the project, and that accounts for about 5%. Mm -hmm. um, so we also have for the public uh, consumption, uh, it's a uh, twenty. It's twenty six percent equal to uh, twenty thousand ether hard cap. In addition, we've allocated. And I forgot the exact number, but we've allocated a pretty large percentage for community building. Um, we've also allocated a little bit for advisors. Uh, I think it's between five or ten percent. And there's um, also an allocation for um, foundation, which is really you know, with the community stuff, it's it's not just like from a marketing or a partnership perspective, it's also about, you know, adding in like mining and, and node management and that kind of stuff. So we have to make sure that all those guys are taken care of right. um, and they want to really help support the project as well. Um, and another factor is, you know, the, the market has changed. We have to acknowledge that. And uh, we're not raising a huge amount of money. So you're, you, in the past you would have heard about, you know, Hey, this ICO raised a hundred million, uh, uh, dollars or 100,000 100, ether or whatever the number is and you know then they run off and you never hear from them again yeah. um, for us you know raising the 20,000 that's the, that's the beginning right our goal uh, we're you know I think depending on the day I think our, our, our project right now is overall valued at like 30 or 35 million USD so it's not like a huge huge valuation um, and you know compared to a lot of the projects out there I mean we're not saying we're $2.5 billion like Telegram the day after, you know, they just got banned from Russia, their own country. Um, really? They just know. got banned from Russia? I didn't hear about yes. that. When did that happen? Mm -hmm. When did that happen? Like recently? It happened yesterday. Pretty big. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, we're, you know, it's a real company. It's a real project. It's not like, oh, like we're here to like get a bunch of ethers and like leave the country or something, you know? So... I mean, so uh, it, that's why, like, 
we want to also provide a lot of upside to our investors as well. And, you know, it's not just saying, oh, 26%, because really at the end of the day, it is about 40 something percent, which is pretty in line with traditional kind of ICO, you know, practices. When you look at community, when you look at, um, you know, the, uh, you know, angel, and we look at all like the public and private sale, it's about 40 something percent. So yeah, you're right. It, it is in line with those numbers. And, you know, we make sure that, you know, our community members are very, you know, well compensated and active um, to, to be able to grow this to the level and advocate that we need them to. Uh-huh, I see. Okay, well, that's pretty cool. I, I guess it's a bit hard to kind of factor it all in when you take into consideration the community, like you said, and stuff. And I want to ask just kind of off-topic questions. Just for me, when I was thinking about talking to you, I was like kind of excited about knowing this because I know you guys are doing an ICO. And right now, there's an undeniable trend or even a craze, if you will, of like a lot of companies doing ICO, kind of similar to... I guess the dot-com area where everybody was doing, uh, like there were a lot of people who were trying to raise uh, a lot of money and stuff. So what's it like for you? I know uh, I can imagine it's pretty hectic, but is it like, what's it like to run an ICO? Do you get like messages from people trying to like, I'll invest like a huge amount of money in your company or is it really hard to gather it? Like, do you get a lot of, I guess, a lot of messages from people all the time? Well, what's it like? Yeah, it's completely chaotic. <laughs> um, you know, I, I just went, uh, I just got back. I was in uh, 15 cities on a roadshow um, all around the world. From I started in Toronto and then Silicon Valley and Korea and China and Hong Kong and all over. Um, and you know, you're meeting so many people, and then um, you know, and then a lot. Everyone has opinions, right? Like you know, oh, it should be this way. Some some guy came up to us. He was from like Alibaba or something, and you know, he's like, I think that you should. You, you, your token, you know, distribution should change. Uh, I think that you should not give any tokens to the team, or, or you know, pay anybody, and just people should just, you know, have the tokens, and uh, you know, uh, to pay the salaries. And we're like, you, you could do that, but then people won't want to work for you, and people won't want to like do anything for the project, right? Some people mm -hmm. have, you know, certain idealized kind of things, and you have to, you have to build it for the real world too, right? There's real practical implications. Um, so there's that. Another thing is, is that, you know, um, you know, you have to make sure that, that, you know, you stay off of the communication, right? We have 47,000 people in our telegram group and everybody has opinions. So, you know, sometimes, yeah. and, and sometimes people might be inaccurate, right? People might say something that's completely not accurate, but they have a loud voice and it becomes kind of common, commonly understood. So, you know, you just have to engage with the community and build it. Um, and, you know, it's, it's very like, it's like very up and down every day. Right. You know, um, what, what I find is very fascinating is that, you know, a lot of people say, Oh, the market is bad. And like, you know, if you're, if you're genuinely, gen first of all, market is starting to heat up again. But what's very funny is that if you look at all the best projects ever, um, they they all started when the market wasn't good. Yeah, um, I saw that too. Yeah, 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 it's crazy. Like, look at Ethereum. Do you think like one of our advisors is Anthony and and then like him his partner is Vitalik and a few others, right? So, do you think Anthony is, was talking to Vitalik and said, you know what, let's not do this whole Ethereum thing because Bitcoin is low? Do Do you think they thought about that? Of course they didn't. They, you know, like they just focused <laughs> on their mission. They got their community growing. They made it happen. And 
the, the results will, will follow follow for themselves, right? If, you know, and, and it goes to the same for, for a quote unquote competition. If, if we grow our user base to 2 million, 10 million, 20 million, 100 million over the next one or two years, whatever Telegram's doing, it literally doesn't matter. There is such a huge market in this space. Um, so that's what it's like to, to run an ICO. <laughs> okay wow i see <laughs> yeah and there must be very interesting times so i think um that's it i mean honestly i didn't have to do much work because eric you like you're so well versed in this and you know the subject so well so you kind of explained everything i guess that's everything i wanted to know so um yeah so do you have anything else you want to add uh, tell maybe about the current stage of your sale or if anybody is interested in hearing more where they can find out more about you or your or uh, scrumble Sure. So check out our website, www.scrumble.network. Um, you can join our Telegram group. You can find me. I'm one of the admins in the group, Eric Lipson, and you can just message me. Um, we have, we're, we're, we're getting pretty close to selling out the whole presale. It'll be like one week or two weeks before everything's done. Um, and we're starting to do our whitelist soon. We're going to announce that today. So, um, you know, if you want to, uh, if you want to join for the ICO itself, uh, right now it's being planned for about the 28th of april so stay tuned for that and um you know uh let's build something special together let's make this happen and you know let's really change the world because blockchain has the power we've seen how 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 it changed the world for the financial world but now we have the chance to change it for the communication world as well and so let's make this happen let's make this big and we have to think big think bold and make it happen and that's that's the Scrumble Network principle, and let's do it. Wow, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Eric, for your time. And uh, yeah, thank, thank you oh, so, much. so much. All right, guys, so that's everything for today. So see you guys soon. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you.